Welcome back, folks, to Make Mine Multiversity, a Marvel podcast. I'm Kevin Gregory, and with me, as usual, are Nick and Jess. And we're here to talk about Marvel Comics, uh, specifically the Marvel things that have been happening in the month of June. Uh, if you're joining us, we've been we've been uh, a little absent for the last uh, last about month and a half, and that's that's mostly that's mostly my fault. I was uh, finishing my my first year of graduate school, but uh, we're back and we're ready for the summer, and we're ready to to talk about all the big fun new things that Marvel's doing. If you're coming to us from from iTunes, uh, please subscribe, leave us a a fun review, and then uh, head on over to multiversitycomics.com where there's a ton of other comic book related content and podcasts and other things. Um, so like I said, we're going to talk about marvel stuff. We'll talk about some, some news and some fun titles that Marvel's announced in the last uh, few weeks. And in the second part of the episode, we're going to be reviewing some of the big things that Marvel's had in the last month or so. But, uh, but Nick and Jess, how are, how are y'all doing today? Good, ready to talk about some comics. Right. Yeah, same. I uh, really enjoyed the stuff that we're gonna talk about. Spoilers. Let's go. Oh yes, all the all the spoily things. We'll get to that. Um, cool. Well, so there's we've got a laundry list of books that Marvel's announced in the last few weeks, and we'll kind of go, I guess, through them in kind of the the chronological order of uh, when they were announced. So the the first one they they announced. Back in May, a new West Coast Avengers book uh, written by Kelly Thompson with art by Stefano nice. Caselli. Woo. Um, woo! I uh, I can I I think that I from that reaction we're all we're all pretty pretty excited pretty pumped about this. Is that is that a, a consensus? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I kept on um, when we were talking about how so many series kept on ending. Uh, the one that I kept saying I was most uh, sad about, well, the two were Hawkeye and Iceman. And uh, this is basically Hawkeye 2.0. So I'm ecstatic. I'm happy. Yeah, it's like Hawkeye and Friends, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kelly Thompson getting more and more work. Uh, finally finally uh, using that exclusive contract. <laughs> yeah, I think, Jess, what are, what are, your, what are your thoughts thoughts on on west coast avengers coming back yeah I'm, I'm excited for it i am excited though for any superhero book that's a little bit more on the fun side than the like super serious side so especially with marvel i think they'd be a little bit hard i think it'd be a little harsh with that with all their events coming out there are always some earth shattering things so like this is fun for me it's just like a thing that's gonna be funny and cute and and really unique and i'm excited for that agreed agreed yeah, there's a lot of books on this on this list that we're going to talk about that that kind of seem like the the fun sort of um, all ages, not really like not fringe titles, but like less concerned with all the other things that are happening with Marvel and more kind of in line with um, some of the fun things that they had been running, um, I guess, in the last year or so. And so it's good. Uh, I think we'll we'll get into this some as we talk about more of these titles, but just like that with this this fresh start that they're that all these characters that they introduced and some of these titles that we thought we're going to be going away with these creators or, or actually not. And like, we got, we got fun things still coming down the pipeline. Um, but yeah, well, speaking of one that we kind of knew was definitely going to happen. So uh, at the end of the hunt for Wolverine uh, four issue miniseries things uh, starting in September, 
we're getting another mini-series written by Charles Soule and with art by Steve McNiven uh, called The Return of Wolverine. Um, and his claws are going to be on fire. Nice. That shit is on fire. <laughs> so wait, so wait, wait. So we have all these uh, mini-series about finding him. And then there's going to be another series about what happens when he's found? That's amazing. Yeah. They're, no, they're... Ah. They're not going to find him. They're just hunting for him. And wow. he's going to that's, return that's amazing. in this other book <laughs> that you got to pay for. Is there a is there a one shot that's bridging the two or is it, are we just going no, right no, to they're, the they're assuming that you read all 16 uh, issues plus the, the one shot that began this whole, this whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have either of you been reading those? Uh, no, I, I, I'm protesting those books. I refuse to read all of those books to get to the point. There's like four mini series about finding Wolverine. And then he's just in X-Men gold. So yeah. Found him. Well, <laughs> We'll talk about that too. That was a weird part. <laughs> I found of that him. Issue. Now I don't have to read anymore. I really liked the um, the Tom Taylor and um, R. B. Silva. Like I, I only read the first issue of it. The second one came out last week, but um, yeah, I thought that was a, a great time, and I liked it enough that it made me want to go back and read more with that team. So I went back and read like eighty issues worth of Bendis's Avenger stuff. And I'm about halfway oh, done wow. with what I want to be reading. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that was the one that looked like it would be the most fun um, out of all those ones, all of all those minis. Uh, how much Bendis adventure stuff did you read? Where did you start? I started at Disassembled, and I read every New Avengers, Mighty Avengers, and then all the miniseries like uh, Secret War and House of M, and. Um, I'm going into like I the next issue that I'm going to read is the first issue of Secret Invasion, and then I'm going to go all the way through Dark Reign and Siege, and then I'm going to stop. I might read the first issue of the Hero Cage stuff after that, or like the first volume of each series, but that's it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because what? What? Because it's like Avengers versus X Men is after Siege, right? I think. Um. Yeah, it turns into the heroic age and all the series get new number ones. And then that lasts like 30 issues each. And then Avenger versus X-Men happens after that. Okay. 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 Yeah. Cause I, a few years ago read all the Bendis stuff up to Siege, um, which is, yeah, which is like the only reason I was excited about the, the Tom Taylor RB civil one. Um, I have, <laughs> I have all of them. I have like the PDF copies. Um, sort of or i i kind of have everything like stacked up and i'm like yeah i'll get to this at some point and Mm -hmm. at some point hasn't happened yet yeah that was me until i started all of the avengers backlog reading (laughs) and then i was like this is all so much more fun and come so much more like so much more quickly so i'm just gonna Mm -hmm. read this instead no that makes sense that makes sense that makes sense but his claws are gonna be on fire no Okay, not, <laughs> not at all exciting. Yeah, that was that was about the reaction that me and the rest of Twitter had when I saw that. Um, mm-hmm. Cool, cool. My thought, my only thought on this is that so they're going to have another five issue miniseries with Wolverine. Like what, what, what comes after that? Like I, I'm assuming, I guess then we get like a Wolverine series ongoing proper. Um, 
but I think we're also going to get some X-Men relaunch stuff, which I'm assuming that Wolverine's going to be a part of some teams. And I'm sure like the old man Logan stuff is maybe finishing up soon. I saw that like the September solicits, those came out this week. And like that, that series is up to like issue 40 something, which I just think is crazy. I just, that is insane to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see like the thing with old man Logan is like, he is Wolverine. Like his timeline is not all that different from like the Wolverine that we know. It's just like up to a certain point is when it changes for him. Like, it's not like, it's not like, yeah, it's it's not like where it's like, okay, Spider-Gwen and then Spider-Man, those are, that's a big difference. Like, her world is so different than what his is. So you're like, yeah, no, that's kind of cool. Let's explore this. But like, Old Man Logan is like, it's the same guy who lived the same life up until this point. And then everything after that is what makes him interesting. If you're into it. I'm really not. But I get why, at least after that, it's a different, it's a different thing. He's a different guy. But then you just took him and put him in like the main Marvel universe, and it's like, but why? It's we. I just I can't believe people read so much of it that it got into forties. Like I, I just I'm amazed by that. It's very strange to me. I hope it's over soon, and I hope we can move on from it. Like I just I don't get it. How much of, how much of it have you? Read? I've read about twenty issues of it because I wanted to actually have an idea of what was the deal with him. Um, for the mutant versity call, mm-hmm. but I haven't read it like in a couple, few months now, few months now, okay. and I just, I, it's weird. I don't, I don't get the need for him now. Even I don't get the need for him even more now that the actual Wolverine is coming back. Okay, so you're, it's more about the character's place in the overall universe than it is about the series itself. Yeah, it's it's confusing to me to have both of them hanging around, and the series reads. The beginning of it was okay. It was it was very violent. It was gritty, and it worked for what it was. Um, but when I fell off reading it, it just was very generic action thing to me, and I, I don't. I'm not super into that. Okay, yeah, I, I only read the first volume and the uh, the I think it was Secret Wars uh, miniseries that led into it. Um, I liked it. I thought it was good. It was like Lemire and Sorrentino, and Sorrentino's art just makes everything yes. twelve thousand yes. times better. <laughs> so, yeah. So I wonder how it is after that. Yeah, I haven't I haven't read it since Lemire and Sorrentino left. I think I read the first few issues of um, of the like post Secret War stuff. Uh, but yeah, I didn't really have any any like strong connection to it or or anything. Uh, and he's objectively not as cool because his claws aren't on fire. So true. Um, yeah. 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 Very yeah. True. yeah. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna get. I think that book's gonna end soon, and we're gonna get a return to, a return of the return of Wolverine, a return to to you know to form and some more, I guess some kind of regular X Meny things. Um, but yeah, all right, cool. Well, moving right along to uh, to this next one. So Marvel announced Marvel and Comicsology announced uh, this book together, and it dropped on the same day, only digitally. It'll be printed in um in trade after all six issues come out but uh they launched a cloak and dagger book uh from dennis hopeless with art by david messina to coincide with the beginning of the cloak and dagger tv show on freeform um and yeah nick you got some some thoughts on on cloak and dagger 
My only exposure to them is the first issue that they were in the Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man, because that was the last issue of Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man that I read. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, the superhero TV shows aren't really my thing, so I haven't checked that out either. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I I wrote up the I wrote up this article for for Multiversity, um, and I was just surprised that I guess I hadn't realized like they're getting like Cloak and Dagger getting a TV show, um, but they haven't really had like an ongoing series that's lasted for any sort of considerable time since the eighties. And they've kind of just like showed up in other things. And this is only six issues. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I think the digital, the fact that it's digital and all that is really, really interesting though. Um, Jess, what about you? You got some, some thoughts. Um, I haven't read uh, the new series. Like I, I know of that or like, I know like their story or whatever. Um, I watched, I'm watching the TV show. Um, but I didn't read the new comic, so I don't really have an opinion on that. But um, the show's pretty good. The show, I mean, the show is a freeform show. So you kind of have to know that when you're getting into it. It's definitely aimed at a much younger audience than something like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is. Um, but I think that works for those characters. Um, I just, I, I don't know about the comic, so I'm just kind of hoping that the comic kind of bounces off of that, the way that the new Runaways uh, series bounced off the TV show in a really nice way, I think. Yeah. What do you both think about Marvel announcing and launching this series same day digitally? I actually think that's pretty cool because I think a problem. I think for some people they have an issue with going to a comic book store and saying three months in advance that they want to read something. So like for them to just come out and be like, "Hey, look, we just launched this comic based on this TV show that you're currently watching. You can go download it right now." I think that's pretty cool. I- I'd love for them to like make those kinds of numbers public knowledge, though. Like, I'd love to find out how many people actually downloaded this and who's reading it and and all that good stuff. Yeah, I guess it... Yeah, like... Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I, to, I wish that I'd have looked at what it what it ranked on the Comixology page that day it came out. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, it just makes me think of um, like what DC does with their TV shows. Uh, they always put out a digital first comic that actually ties directly into the TV show. And I'm pretty sure they usually don't have writers who are typically associated with their comics. Um, Like they're specifically gearing this towards people who aren't familiar with them. Um, So it's interesting that Cloak and Dagger, um, it makes sense that they would release it same day uh, because I think that gets more people just like spur the moment interested to go check it out. But I think it's interesting that they put uh, comics creators who are known for their work at like big two publishers um, on the title. It's also interesting that they kept it. Is it standard price point? Like, is it three ninety nine for an issue digital? No, all their digital stuff, digital first stuff, is two ninety nine. Okay, okay. Still, it's um, and it's probably uh, like full comic book page format. So I wonder if people are more or less inclined to read that versus what DC does, which is uh, landscape format. So each page would be half a page of a comic page when printed. And um, they'd all be 99 cents each for 20 half pages. Yeah. So it's just interesting to look at the difference. I think, I think the Marvel format would be 
I mean, if these people actually exist, um, would be probably the better way to get somebody into reading comics regularly, since it's not being treated as, like, a special thing. If that makes sense? It's like, because I, I know those DC ones, um, how they are, and they don't feel like a monthly that you buy normally. It doesn't feel like an issue of Batman or an issue of Superman or whatever. So I wonder if, like, Marvel saying, yeah, no, this is just, like, this is a regular comic. You chose not to print it on paper, and now you can come out and buy more of these. I wonder if that makes, if that helps. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Definitely from the, yeah, the creator and just, like, the overall, it's like, yeah, you're buying an issue. If you pay one more dollar at a store, you can get the same exact product there. So it makes sense that it would help with the crossover. Yeah. 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 I just thought it was, I just thought it was interesting that they both announced it and launched it on the same day. Like, I think that's a really cool model to coincide with, um, like with them having a show, like that's, that's great, great marketing, yada, yada. And it is cool. Yeah. Like you were saying, Jess, that it's not an extra thing. Like it's, it's an incontinuity series and, um, and all that's, all that's super cool. I just think it's, I think it's interesting, I guess, um, from like a, will they continue to do stuff like this? And does that like bother or frustrate um, like retailers or like, how does that like, just like for, how does that affect like direct marketing things or, or yada, yada, whatever. Cause they are going to collect it uh, and trade. And then like the, like the store, like the comic book stores can like buy that and sell that. Um, but Bleeding Cool had been like reporting that rumor that like because they had there was a Cloak and Dagger classified trade on Amazon and like a Luke Cage and a Jessica Jones classified trades on Amazon like they had listings but no like description and they were they were saying good old good old Uncle Rich Rich was saying that like he thought that meant that Luke Cage and Jessica Jones would be getting digital first series like that also maybe ahead of because like the Luke Cage season two on Netflix comes out, I guess in a few weeks. So like, maybe we'll get a, like another Luke Cage mini series or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see them doing that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, if you, if you spend enough time on, on quote comics, Twitter, you see people very vocal about how much they hate the direct market system and how they hate the fact that they have to basically say to their shop, they want to read something three months in advance. And, so I just, I mean, I that, that's why I would like to see, like, how these books perform, because it's like, they just announced it the same day, and now you can download it. That's cool. Go do that. I just wonder if the people who get upset with the direct market are, you know, speaking with their wallet, as they say, and buying this. I don't know. Yeah, so I looked on, I looked on the, uh, Bleeding Cool does the Comixology bestseller lists for the week, and it was number 27, um, the week it came out, um, which is not bad. Um, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's like, like for, if for you think about. Day. Yeah, if you think about all of like each of the big two, they probably release about ten to thirteen issues a week. Mm-hmm. So it's like right at the bottom of that pile, and probably mixed among what indies usually do. Uh, uh, yes, it looks like there yeah, was. Can you see the actual yeah. chart? So it looks like there was 10 Marvel series ahead of it. Um, but like it beat okay. out the it beat out the Dazzler one shot that came out and the Ant-Man and Wasp debut that came mm-hmm. out. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, cool. it's 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 I think it's an interesting model. I think it's got 
some interesting implications. I think it's also crazy too, because um, like did I, I can imagine how long Dennis Hopeless and David Messina had been working on this before it was announced. Cause they must like, they, it take it. I feel like, like when most comic series are announced, like the creative teams are just then starting to get to work on stuff. And they probably have like two or three issues and maybe like two or three issues in the can in order to be able to do something like this already, like to announce it same mm-hmm. day. Like the, the lead time on something like this is probably more than a regular. But also it doesn't have to be as much because it doesn't have to be printed. Oh, that's true. Huh, I didn't even think about that. Damn. Mm-hmm. You're smart, Nick. Thanks. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. Um, so we're getting uh, our annual fall Spider-Man event. Uh, not written by Dan Slott, though. Um, we're getting a mini series Spider-Man event called Spider-Geddon. Written by Christus Gage. And with art by Jorge Molina. Um, it looks like it's going to be a continuation of the Dan Slott, I guess it's probably co-written by Chris Gage, uh, Spider-Verse event from a few years ago. What? I love Spider-Verse. Yeah. I haven't read Spider-Verse. I haven't read a lot of the Dan Slott stuff. I need, that is one my, high on my list of things to go back I, to. I'm just super into like alternate versions of characters, even like the bad ones. I'm just super into that. So it's like, that's how you get me to read it. Even if I have to read like a Nick Spencer book, like it's an alternate version. I have to find out. I need to know what, what's going on. That's why I like the Exiles. That's why I'm like super into that book right now. <laughs> that book is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's good quality. And then you've got all these like alternate versions. I'm like, I'm into that. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, <laughs> we're going on so many tangents about random books today, but it's good because it's books that we've all read together. Um, which is cool. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. The, uh, it's so dense. Like if you look at each page, there are so many words on a page, but it's not daunting. And I think it's just because it's so much fun to read. And then the art is just out of this world. But yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. For sure. Uh, so spider spider, spider, what is it? Spider-Geddon? Spider-Geddon. <laughs> Spider-Geddon. Spider-Geddon. <laughs> um, I, you know, because I'm sure the Spider-Pocalypse has already happened or something. Will will it get an Aerosmith ballad? That's the question. These these are the questions. Yeah. So one <laughs> of the like edge of the edge of Spider Geddon, like the prelude shit stuff. Um, like Gerard Way's coming back to write that character that he created for Spider Man. To write even even but Spider Man. Yes. 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 Sweet. Sweet. And they announced, I think this is last week, that there's a zero issue written by uh, Gage and, il- and illustrated by Clayton Crane. And it's going to introduce the alternate universe Spider-Man from the upcoming Spider-Man PlayStation 4 video game into... Uh, oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. So That's cool. I'm into that. <laughs> all, of the, all of the Spider-Men running around. Yeah, the like the, the preview or like the um, teaser art thing was really cool. Um, uh, it had like like the like Superior Spider-Man on there, like Miles and Spider Gwen, and all these some of these people that like they don't have ongoing series right now, and so I'm wondering what fun Spider stuff is going to spin out of this, and like if Miles will get a a new book after this or something like that. Um, I'm also wondering since Nick Spencer's not writing this, if it'll be good. 
Um, but yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of interesting. I imagine it, I guess it'll start in October. I think the zero issue was solicited in se- for September. For anyone listening, like honestly, I joke saying it's Evangelion but Spider Man, but it actually is. So if like you're listening to this and you haven't read that that one shot, was it one shot? Was a one shot? Um, yeah, I think it was. Should, I think it was one of the edge of Spider Verse. Yeah, you should do that because it's literally Evangelion, but Spider Man and Gerard Ray, Gerard Way writes it, and he's actually a pretty good comic writer. I mean, I I, I really like him as a musician, he's, but um, he's actually really good at writing comics. So all the young animal stuff was dope. So, <sighs> so he's Wait, one more tangent while we're off tangenting. Are you guys both Evangelion fans? I am. <laughs> I really am. Kevin? I I know what Evangelion is and okay. I haven't watched all of the things. You should because it's beautiful. Okay. I love it. Agreed. I have been told I need to do all that is like I I wasn't really an anime kid in high school, I guess, and wish that I had been. I got into anime a lot more in college. I finally watched uh Full Metal Alchemist last year for the first time all the way through. Oh yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I got into anime really late in life. Like, I only watched Evangelion the first time, like, three years ago. I was 20. I was, like, I was 24. So, okay. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm not, like, trying to come at it as, as, like, yeah, I have everything on VHS before with Loud in America. No, I'm not that person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. VHS. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Um, good, good. Yes. So, all of you watch Evangelion read Gerard Way comics, <laughs> Spider-Geddon coming in the fall. Um, no Aerosmith ballad attached to it, though, unfortunately. 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 Um, although, if they could get Gerard Way to write, like, a Spider-Man <gasps> song and get My Chemical Romance to come back and have, like, have like a My Chemical Romance Spider-Man album, like, there's that like that metal album coming out from for metal, eventually, or whatever. Can you imagine how crazy that would be though all of these people who are on the internet still standing for my hill romance waiting for them to come back and it's a spider-man album that brings them back together yeah they'll just launch it you know like 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 surprise <laughs> launch it like beyonce and jay-z you know launched their oh, album last weekend it'll be great god do it marvel stealth launch <laughs> stealth launch all right Speaking of more weird things that are happening, I think spinning out of Infinity Wars, probably, we're getting a new uh, series written by Colin, Colin Bunn, illustrated by Matteo Lali, as Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. <laughs> um, somebody somebody was on their pun game the day that I, they decided this. That's why I said nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that, and I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit, but, eh, you know. As Guardians. Yes, it is. Yeah. When I saw it, my first thought was, you mean Avengers Infinity War? Because that's basically what it was. And that's what I predicted Guardians 3 would be if they Uh, didn't come back. No, that makes sense. You you gave them the idea subconsciously. They they just knew. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Yeah, they, they did. So, looks like the team... We got we got Angela, um, and we got Valkyrie, but not the not the Tessa Thompson Valkyrie from Exiles. Uh, Damn, I know. We got Scourge, <laughs> the Executioner, uh, Throg, the Mightiest yes! Frog of Thunder. Yes. <laughs> uh, Kevin Masterson, 
who's Thunderstrike, and then uh, the Destroyer. So the like pseudo weird villain thing from the first Thor movie, who also runs. I don't know who's going to be controlling it. I guess that's the that's the question. Throg. The frog. Throg. Yes. Yeah, Throg. Or what was the what was the name of Angela's girlfriend from um, her? Sarah. Oh my god. Don't get me started. Maybe she'll be the destroyer. Uh, rip. That's what everybody was tweeting. When don't get me started. They just they just they just deleted her and just she doesn't even matter anymore. She was like the best character. She was the best. She was so funny. She was the perfect yeah. foil to Angela. Like honestly, like taking her away from from Angela's story is such a bummer. Not I mean for the representation obviously, but also like she was such a good character to have around Angela. It made Angela more interesting. It was just she was great. She was the best. I hope she comes back in this book. That'd be that'd be very nice. It would be great. And she was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. But Marvel hates queer people, so Angela know. literally had to go to hell and take over hell to get her girlfriend back. That's true love. That's <laughs> that's beautiful. It is. She had to literally she literally goes to hell, deposes the queen, takes over. And then just leaves it and goes back to New York with her girlfriend. It's great. It's 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 the best love story. And then the yeah. whole time it's happening, Sarah is making tons of jokes, and it's adorable, and it's the best thing. Oh, everyone read the Angela series because Sarah's the best. She was hilarious. If that's not gay culture, I don't know what is. Uh, that's true. I don't know. It, oh, it's the best. One. Yeah, it's the best. It was it was so much fun. It, it was so good. I, I really hope she comes back in this book. <laughs> And just travels through space with Angela, making nice. comments while Angela rolls her eyes and also laughs. And makes fun of uh, makes fun of Throg. No, Throg will be her best friend. Oh, maybe that's, that's like of course, true. of all the people in the group, she become best friends with Throg. That's that true. makes perfect sense. That's who you immediately gravitate towards the Throg. It's perfect. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> right. You're right. Oh, Nick, you got you got some thoughts on on the strong pun game. No, I just really want to read the Angela series now. <laughs> um, you should. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. It's, it's um. There's there's like the Angela series, which was uh, oh my gosh, Assassin of Asgard, I think it was called, and then it had then there was the the Secret Wars tie-in, which was really good. The sixteen oh two. Yeah, that was really good. Like that was that was great because Marguerite Bennett co-wrote it with Kieran Gillen. And so you know, dealing with 1602 and bringing Kieran Gillen in, it's incredibly goth and it's funny and it's it's great. Um, and then there's the third series, Angela, Queen of Hell, and then that's where it ended. And she hasn't really been seen since. They, they literally like deleted Solid. Um, Sarah from like existence. Like she just leaves. Like they, they don't even really give you an explanation. Angela returns home. Like the the ending of the series is extremely happy and it's so beautiful and perfect. And then I think it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Angela returns. Yeah, I think I think Bendis did that. Bendis did that. Yeah, Angela returns back to like their apartment and everything in in like New York City, and um, she's just not there, and we don't ever find out what happened to her. It's just like it's I say deleted because it's like that's really what he basically did. Like he just was like, oh, she's gone now. That's it. And Angela, her story kind of ended there, and they never really followed up on it. And so you get a lot of people who are pissed off about it, and it's like. Yeah, because they wrote, like, Marguerite Bennett helped create this beautiful story that was a great beginning and ending, and then it just got undone for no actual reason. So I'm hoping that in the series that it gets picked up. I hope. I really do. I love the Angela books, and I was not, and it's, and I don't have any background with her in Spawn or anything like that. 
I just was like, this is cool. She's like an Asgardian now, and she's got like a badass costume and swords, and she's cool. So, and I ended up loving it. It was one of my favorite things Marvel's done in like the last few years. But anyway, I hope she comes back. I hope I hope she comes back in in this series, and I hope this is a good yeah. series. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Do we know who's writing it? Colin Bunn. Okay. Yep. Yep. Good old, good old, good old bunny over there. <laughs> he writes everything. <laughs> um, yeah. He just does it all. Um, cool. Cool. Uh, so we got two more. We mentioned the earlier uh, that Iceman's coming back, uh, written by Cinna Grace again, as just like his first series with art by Nathan Stockman. Um, Nick, you seem pretty jazzed about this one. I am. Uh, because in addition to Hawkeye, it was the series that I was most sad about losing. Um, yeah, this is great. I'm assuming that it was originally like canceled because it didn't sell well in singles. And we talked about that when it ended. But And we also talked about how like it really wasn't even enough time to see uh, how the series would do in trade or on Marvel Unlimited. And it seems like Marvel saw that they did really well on both of those and that's probably why they're bringing it back so i'm jazzed yeah yeah no for sure jess yeah i i really like that these series are are coming back and um i hope that everyone on twitter who said that they were failures because they were whatever for whatever reasons that they've decided they were failures or i hope they're kind of i hope they're more mad now oh agreed fuck those people <laughs> <laughs> really pissed off now because it's like wow look what happens when like the bookstores get their hands on these collected editions it's like wow look how fast they sold it's like i'm pretty sure that's why runaways is still going because it's got a big deal like fiction writer attached to it and then it's like yeah that's that's definitely the kind of book that's going to sell a lot in in non-comic bookstores and so it's great i'm happy i i hope those people are mad i i hope they go to bed every night thinking about it and just are pissed off at how wrong they are. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. All those, all those forty-year-old men that are pissed off that they're gays and women in comics yeah. and go themselves, and all the little young people that are really happy that they have these books. I'm so happy for them. Um, I'm happy about Iceman. I'm even more excited about Unstoppable Wasp coming back, written again by Jeremy Whitley with art by I don't know how to say their name. But I think it's Guruhiru. I don't know. That could be wrong or right. But the person who was doing the art on the uh, Gwenpool book, um, mm-hmm. and I couldn't be happier about this this one. We could... I, it's it's great. I, I would love for them to just be honest about like it being just miniseries because I think that's fine. It's like we get another six issues every year. That's great. That's great. That that makes me happy knowing that they're gonna come back. Like I'm pretty sure I I would put good money on America coming back too. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, because they said that that America was going to come back, and then they just like canceled the one of the. I think they canceled one of the issues that was like solicited or something. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. I could be wrong about that. Well, she's folded into West Coast Avengers now. That's true. Yeah, but surely the like the because they had a like a young adult fiction writer person writing that one too. I can't remember her name. Uh, Gabby right Rivera. Now. Yeah, that's right. Um, that would be cool if that one come back. Yeah, I, I don't, I would, I would wonder if these are gonna be um, like, like a full 
you know, like six to eight issue mini things so that they have another trade to sell. Or if, you know, these are going to be like actual ongoings and they, excuse me, and they just know that they're going to be able to get a ton of money in the trade market and they'll just like, I guess, bite the cost on the single issues or whatever. I don't know. I don't care. It's just that those are the best announcements, though, because it was like, yeah, these SJW books got canceled. Well, they're back now, so ha 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 ha. You know, and I love, uh, like, I like Nathan Stockman's art a lot. I love, I wish I could say their name, the Guruhiru art. Like, just like seeing the sort of like fun, like, like chibi version look of like Nadia and just knowing that, like, that's what that whole, um, like group of people it's gonna look like i don't know i just saw that and i was like giddy i was like yay i'm thinking back to when we all listed our uh top three marvel series of the year at the end of last year and um it was yeah on my list i had Iceman, and it's cool that that came back kevin your number one was unstoppable wasp that came back jess i don't think either of yours came back explicitly but you do uh like two of yours i remember were Jean Grey and All New Wolverine, and there's currently mm-hmm. X Men Red, which is written by which, Tom Taylor, yeah. Yeah. and it has both of those characters in it. Yeah. And it's really good. <laughs> it's really good. So we all got something revived. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. I just think this is like I think that um, I think Jess, you were more, I guess, sort of mm-hmm. cautious or more negative about like the sort of like fresh start launch thing because and and the way that they presented it was it was going to be this sort of like we're going to get all the uh we're going to return to form and by return to form we're going to bring back the straight white dudes and put them at the forefront of everything um and we could talk about you know like thor and and uh, and iron man and and all that and we'll we'll get to that some um in the avengers book uh because those things are happening and it sounds like they're they're making money um and like they're selling pretty well but uh but like they haven't abandoned having these other books and knowing full well that like these books, like they may not do, I guess, super well in like the direct market, but it sounds like in the trade market, um, they do really well. And like, there's a fan base for them. And I'm just excited that they're not like abandoning these characters or like abandoning these titles. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I think we thought that they might. Yeah, definitely. And I'm pretty sure that is like, those are the things that we were expressing back in those podcasts, like back in that podcast. Yeah. 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 It just seems like there's, there's a lot more excitement about things going on at Marvel right now. Um, There's like excitement around sort of like the core things that are happening and there's like excitement in these other things that are happening. And it just, I think it's, I think it's gonna, I read the September solicits this week and I didn't get pissed off like I usually do when I read the solicits. So (laughs) I'm calling that a win. You are right about, they, they sort of redid the core. You know, we have new Iron Man, new Thor series, new Spider-Man series, new uh, Fantastic Four. Um, so their core characters are all... Uh, yeah, they all seem like they're being pretty strong right now. And so maybe that means that less people will be angry <laughs> about uh, all these extra series that are for people like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back after the break and we'll review some titles. 
Hello, podcast listeners. We're the hosts of the DC3Cast. I'm Zach. I'm Vince. And I'm Brian. Each week, we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics, focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors. We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, my wife, bad to impressions, this is bad, what the f***, and an in-depth look at DC each week, join us every Wednesday morning at multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Come get Jurgens with us and we're back for this second part of the episode we're going to be reviewing uh some of the big fun things that marvel's had come up in the last few weeks uh we're going to start with x-men gold number 30 written by mark guggenheim illustrated by david marquez this is the uh big old wedding issue for uh kitty and peter um we are going to spoil this issue. If the New York Times hasn't already spoiled this for you, <laughs> um, pause the podcast, either read the issue or just Google New York Times X-Men and then come back. Um, guys, we got hoodwinked. What the fuck? We did. We did. <laughs> I uh, um, wasn't. Uh, okay. Should we like go a little bit more into detail first, or do you just want to do initial reactions? Uh, okay, so for <laughs> for all you people who um you know been reading the X Men, been doing the X Men things, been like, hey, <laughs> Kitty and Colossus are getting married. That's kind of weird because you know they met when she was thirteen and all that stuff, and we talked about that. I was like, you know, sort of pedophilic or whatever. Um, guys, I don't actually get married in this issue. But you know who does get married in this issue? Rogan Gambit. Yes. Um, and it's really great. And it's very happy. It is really great. And uh, the other thing, and we'll talk about this more as we kind of talk about the issue and then talk about some of the effects. Um, Marvel had solicited a what, what they were calling X-Men Classified. No details on it for uh, July, August, and September. Um, and we now know what that series is. It's going to be uh, a series starring Rogan Gambit called Mr. and Miss X, written by Kelly Thompson, who wrote the Rogan Gambit miniseries that began earlier this year, which was fantastic, with art by Oscar Balzadua. Um, okay, initial reactions for X-Men Gold number 30. Um, Jess, would you like to go first? So, yeah, I really like this. <laughs> um, I, I, I have mixed feelings about the justification of breaking, of, of not having Kitty and Colossus get married, um, but I really like that Rogue and Gambit got married. Like, I love that so much. It's like, finally, Gam- Gambit put a ring on it. But also, take note that Gambit got married on someone else's dime. That was on his wedding. He basically started... <laughs> Which is a very Gambit and Rogue thing to do. Just like, we're not going to pay for our own wedding. These two didn't get married. Let's just use their stuff. That's perfect. That is classic Gambit there. Um, I thought the way... I I think the Rogue and Gambit miniseries is such... is is needed context here, I think. Because if you kind of fell out of reading any X-Men books, you're kind of sitting there saying, why on earth are these two back together? They've 
been kind of a mess. And the Rogue and Gambit miniseries, I think, takes a lot of that and, and condenses it into a really nice package where it's like, yes, this is all the stuff that happened, but now here's what's happening now. Here's how they work through it, and now they're together, and I like that. So I think that that series added a lot of context for why this this worked here in this issue. Um, I'm really excited for that new book, though. I'm so excited about that. Um, I really think that's going to be a fun time. Um, and Kelly Thompson is really the most perfect person to write that book because she clearly loves this pairing and had a lot of fun writing them. Um, so I'm excited to see what she does there. Um, but I love the marriage. Um, I think the justification for Kitty and Colossus not getting married is kind of flimsy. <laughs> um, because it's like, yes, they did go through stuff and it they did move on at separate points in their life, but they got back together and have had time together and got to a place where they felt they could get married and then they didn't because if it didn't happen back then, why is it happening now? Which I think is kind of flimsy when Rogue and Gambit just went and got married. So so I, I'm, I'm kind of weird about that, although I do think the pairing, the two of them now is kind of weird. So that's why I'm kind of mixed on it because it's like the reasoning for them not getting married is weird, but maybe they never should have been a pair to begin with, given that she always aged and he didn't. So, but I do love the twist. The twist is great. It's so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, you got got some things. Yeah, that was uh, totally whoa weird. I sorry, I had only one earphone in, and during that, I switched, and it was weird when I started talking. I just switched back. We're good now. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, X-Men Gold number 30. Yeah, agreed with what Jess said um, about the flimsy motivation. That I was like, really? Like, is that what you're going with? However, I did like that they introduced the um, the thing about magic and that conversation the night before. Because it's like, okay, like you have a little bit more of a reason. There's a little bit more depth other than just like complete cold feet, you know? But... Yeah, I, I liked and didn't like the same parts that Jess didn't didn't like. Um, Rogue and Gambit, great. Um, I only read the first issue of that miniseries, but I love Kelly Thompson, and I want to read the rest of it. Um, X-Classified is going to be fun. I hope those issues are um, returnable <laughs> for retailer's sake, because... The first two were solicited, and I'm pretty sure the final cutoff for at least the first one is done. So, um, yeah, hopefully those are returnable because otherwise that is a bad move on Marvel's. Part. Yeah, I think the I think the final order cutoff for the for the first issue was this week, um, and and I think that okay. they got the reveal out in time for retailers probably to adjust their orders or whatever for this. Um, it, it, that part I think is really interesting the way that Marvel did this. Um, and I was trying to think of ways that they could have done that whole thing differently or like, um, not launch the series like, for another two months. Yeah. But, but, uh, I, I like that they're launching it immediately. Like, it seems like a good, a good immediate continuation. Um, I was like, could they just have told the retailers like, Hey, this is what's coming this is what this book is but then like retailers probably have spoiled it but then like they spoil i hate when dc and marvel do this both when they spoil things through like big news outlets the day before they come out um because i think that ruins the whole experience for some people um 
but because like I read because Bleeding Cool spoiled it Monday and the New York Times article came out Tuesday and then this issue comes out came out Wednesday. Um, I read the Bleeding Cool article on Monday and was like genuinely shocked uh, and was just like, oh, shit, this is awesome and like really cool. And like, how did Marvel do this? Um, and like Bleeding Cool had been reporting that like we were getting a series called Mr. and Miss X that I guess we I thought might be Kitty and Colossus. I thought might be like the the X or like, you know, Xavier as he's come back and astonishing X-Men and somebody else. Um, but this is way cooler, like it being a, a follow up to like Rogue and Gambit, I think is way cooler. Yeah. And and I, I really resent the idea that in comics or in in. Yeah, in comic with comics in general, that getting a couple together means that there's no more stories to tell because that's really stupid. <laughs> in 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 a way that Marvel and DC comic books work, it's really a, a stupid idea to me um, because I think by putting a couple together, you open up so many other things you can do with them now, where it's not going to keep being a repetitive will they won't they type thing. Because um, I'm actually, I guess I'm kind of in minority with with will they won't they couples. Like I, I want them to either be a couple or not, and and I don't want to keep chasing around with this. Like like either commit to it or don't. And I think with like a couple like Rogue and, Rogue and Gambit, they're they're so fun together, and they get and they can get into such interesting little adventures together that might not be earth shattering events, but will make for a really entertaining read month in and month out. And they can do that while still being married. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I don't think that you're in the minority of uh, wanting stories that are not will they, won't they stories. Um, I think like that, uh, that idea and that job, like that genre and that kind of story works really well for characters who are like in their teens or like in their early twenties or whatever. Um, But also like these are and like new, newish characters and it works well on like the freeform network. Um, But like, these are characters that have been around for like, 30, 40, 50 years or whatever. Um, they've been telling the will they won't they story over and over and over again for forever and forever. And so like, it's nice that like the answer to the question is finally like, yeah, they will. Um, yeah. As to uh, like both of your sort of initial reactions to the issue, I think that, um, yeah, I'm really excited about, about the reveal. Like, I think that the, um, like the twist is really, really cool. Uh, I think I'm yeah with both of you of like the actual justification and the actual like getting to the place where like Rogue and Gambit get married. Um, I think is kind of flimsy. I haven't been reading this whole arc. Like I realized that this you know till death do us part. Um, like is 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 an arc that's been ongoing. I don't really know what happens in like the first few issues, but I but I like that this issue is really um, you can pick this up and kind of know what's going on and probably have not read everything that that came before. And I don't know if that informs any of the um, uh, Kitty saying no to Colossus stuff. Um, and it looks like the the rest of this series is going to be sort of is following that up and tying up some loose ends. Uh, but yeah, I think this reveal is cool. I like that it like I like that it happened. I like that I'm like genuinely surprised about it because I think that that's something uh, in comics recently that I've I guess haven't been a fan of because there i've been there have been so many moments where things seem so telegraphed and so like oh well fuck they were absolutely gonna go there um Mm -hmm. but i genuinely did not see this coming and i love that yeah i didn't either i really didn't either kevin i like the angle that you were getting at with how uh like you hadn't been 
reading the the series up until this point. So, Jess, have you been reading uh, this whole arc, or did you just start, or, or have you been reading this whole series? I have, um, because of uh, my Mutantversity column, that's one of the books that I've I've had to uh, keep an eye on, uh, because it's like one of the big books. Um, this arc has basically just been about Kitty and Colossus, a lot of back and forth, and them kind of figuring out like what their relationship is, and if, and and that's why, for me, the, their reason to not get married came across a flimsy. <laughs> because for this like whole run, it's been about, like, one of the big parts of this whole series has been their relationship. So for them now mm-hmm. to be like, oh yeah, but maybe we're not meant to be because it's happening so much later than we thought or whatever nonsense um, comes across badly to me. It's, it's, it's weird. It, but the issue reads really well as a single thing, um, but the reason for them not getting together, not getting married is very strange okay. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what, uh, I think, I think Kevin said he agreed also, but yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I had like Kevin came in just on this issue and I was surprised at how well it read. It read like an anniversary issue that like, that you're just like, that they expect a whole bunch of people to just jump onto. And I thought they did a good job at the very beginning, sort of like, showing the characters and their relations with each other so that the wedding would make sense. And so when they, it just felt like it was completely a cop out when they didn't get married, you know? That That's my thing with it. That's exactly my whole thing with the reasoning. It makes no sense. And, and you have to also look at Kitty and Colossus's like relationship through the years, because there were things that were very much keeping them apart. He was dead. She was stuck in a giant bullet in space. And she did grow up. <laughs> she did, like, grow up and, and become, like, a different... Not a different person, but an older person. And it's like, yeah, you both evolved as people, and now you're getting married now. <laughs> That's a good thing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, especially because, like, the rationale is the, like, oh, well, if we were going to get married, we would have been married by now. Um, and like, isn't that true also for like Rogue and Gambit? That's called, that's called being an adult. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I don't know. It just, it, it makes it, it's, it's them trying to continue this, I guess, up until when gold is going to end, but it's weird. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, okay. So, so she was stuck in a bullet. I don't, when was that? That was, uh, the end of, uh, the Josh Whedon stuff, I think. Okay. Okay. And he uh, was like in love with this other alien woman, and that was like that was the original Secret Wars or something, right? Oh so, yeah. And then and then okay. he was dead. And then he was and he was yeah. dead. Yeah. Yeah. That'll that'll keep people apart. Um. Yeah. But you think like uh, you guys now have all this together, and you rekindled what you had, and it's working. So now you're like, oh nope, sorry. Magic, who's barely around as is, all of a sudden has this insight. No, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, and I because she hasn't really been a part of this series either, and that that kind of struck me out of the blue, um, especially because I feel like you know, like marriage protocol. If you're like the you know, uh, like maid of honor or whatever, you don't just like tell the bride that like, yeah, man, I don't, I don't think that like you should get married. That's like at least not the day before the wedding. <laughs> I feel like if she was going to say something 
she she should have done it not the day before and also maybe thought about why she doesn't want them to be married like basically saying oh well why didn't it happen then and it's happening now maybe you're not meant to be together what even is that like what like what is that reasoning in your head like what it doesn't make much sense to me it doesn't seem like a reason enough to tell somebody not to get married agreed agreed i want it's not it's like it's not like colossus fell in love with another random alien lady it's like that's true you know? yeah i wonder if that was always the plan or if like when the decision was made that that kitty and colossus weren't going to get married like was it when they saw that the rogan gamut book was did really well and people liked it a lot and they're like we should give kelly thompson another book or it was like mark guggenheim always going to be like fake out um, well, there was a bleeding cool article today, which I hate citing them, but they're the only people who ran it. The idea for them to get married was not Kelly Thompson's idea. Mark Guggenheim for said Rogan that. Gammon to get married. Yeah, that wasn't his oh. idea. Okay. Um, huh. And it wasn't her idea either. It was decided by editorial. That's that's what Bleeding Cool ran today about it. Um, they they initially spoiled okay. it, and then today they they did an article uh, saying that the decision for Rogan Gambit to get married in this issue was decided by interesting editorial. interesting doesn't say anything about the fake out though yeah um huh yeah i guess i i'm sure it it see it kind of like because it was abrupt and i from what it sounds like not really as much built up in the series like it it sounds like it was probably editorially mandated but i'm just i guess i'm wondering when um but but yeah i think but again, like coming back to, I think this reads um, like a really good, yeah, like like you said, Nick, like an anniversary issue or like an annual um, uh, with like really good art. This is the good David Marquez. Um, I think I had, I guess, when the Wolverine issue came out or whatever, the Hunt for Wolverine, and I was complaining about Marquez's art in that. Um I think it was because it was colored by a different person. This one's colored by Matt Wilson, and I like. I just, I just think it, it, the art pops a lot more, and it looks more David Marquezzi. Um, uh, I, I like, I love the page where they're at the. It's, it's page twenty-two of the PDF. Um, like where they're at the altar, Kitty and and Peter are, and they're like they have like the big headshots of them like looking at each other like and in the middle they're like actually you know standing like i just think that whole panel is really really beautiful yeah um, that was really pretty uh and I, I giggled a lot the page that uh kitty's hand like passes through him like i like literally laughed out <laughs> loud because i thought that was a hilarious way to it's like be like yeah no i'm not i'm not doing this and then she just drops through the earth <laughs> She's like, yeah, I just, I gotta go. I can't, I can't be here. Um, and then Peter's like, look, 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 Kurt, just like poof, just like bamf me away. Cause I'm gonna go cry a lot. Um, and then everybody's just drinking and eating all their shit. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's really nice. I just think it's yeah. funny. Fun issue. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a fun issue. Like I was reading this and I was like, this is this is really fun. Like I really, I really enjoyed this in like a yeah. This is really really fun way, um, and I'm excited about what's coming. It's all it's I'm I'm interested because I haven't been really been reading this book. I read the first few issues with the like the Nightcrawler um, 
uh, Rachel stuff. Like if they mm-hmm. if they get married or not, because she's like kind of evil, right? Um, no. Um, I thought that was like she, she was becoming evil it, or something, or like her powers were changing. It's not as, as it seems. They're 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 potentially getting married. Makes sense. Okay. Whether they actually happen, who knows? Okay. 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 Well, that. Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like this just seems like this just seems fun. It seems like that. Like we're we're getting we're getting back to a point where like the X Men are going to matter, and like things that happen in their stories are going to matter, and like they're going to be big things that happen in that in that line. Um, it was it was announced in the September solicits that X Men Gold and Blue are going to be ending in September, both with issue thirty six, which probably means that we're getting a a new big X Men book or like a couple other X Men books. Um, those are the last two of the like resurrection titles and they're uh, that exist and now they're going away. Um, but I think as good as that, like as good as a step as that was in the right direction, like it sounds like we're back to the X-Men are going to matter and be good again. And it's going to be cool. I just hope that whatever's coming next for the X-Men feels relevant and new. I, I just hope that the franchise doesn't get bogged down in, in nostalgia. That That's what I hope. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, like I'm sure that we're getting, we'll probably get like a new, like X-Men or uncanny X-Men title or X-Force or something. Um, but for them to just like retread old ground with all the old characters, um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that would be good. And it looks like, if we have X-Men titles like X-Men Red, like the Mr. and Miss X, um, like Iceman that are like new and different um, alongside having a, like an uncanny X-Men title. Um, like I think, I think it sounds like, like with the rest of the, of Marvel's current lineup, it'll be balancing like the nostalgia and the like newness and difference. Um, it'll be like having something for everyone, but I could see like a new, uncanny x-men book being a lot like x-men gold and being sort of like nostalgia driven and like feeling like classic 90s x-men so yeah um okay well moving right along uh the next issue that we're going to talk about is uh tony stark iron man number one uh written by dan slot illustrated by valerio skeety it is skeety it's not shitty um now we know uh uh, I'm going to try to continue to not say his name wrong. Um, this is the beginning of the, I, I, I'm assuming probably like decade long run that Dan Slott's going to have on Iron Man. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, Nick, we'll start with you. What were your initial reactions to, uh, to this issue? So this was a ton of fun and I liked that it, uh, focused on Tony as a futurist in an upbeat fun way. Cause I feel like when you go too hard, I haven't read too much Iron Man. Like mainly I've read, uh, I read Extremis and then I've read like his appearances in new Avengers. But, um, I feel like the tendency for these sorts of super genius characters, like futurists, um, is for them to get bogged down in, uh, either in their work. And then they start like not taking care of themselves or, it's to like get overwhelmed and like 
maybe like try to solve everything like that Hickman Fantastic Four arc. Um, yeah, but this I felt it took the concept of futurism and it didn't do it in as much of a realist way that Warren Ellis did, but it just did it in a sort of fun fantasy sci-fi way. And it was completely unexpected for me. Um, and yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. And I can see Dan Slott doing just a lot of great things. Like you can probably just jump right into any issue uh, or like maybe any arc and uh, you'd have a good time with it. So yeah, I think he's he fits really well with the series. And um, Skeety's art is... Um, I don't have much to say. I feel like this is becoming sort of the Marvel House style, where it's uh, it's almost a little manga influenced, and the coloring uh, makes it look sort of um, I don't know. I guess a little video game ish. Uh, I don't really know how to describe it, <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like it's it's an interesting style, and it works for this. Yeah, no, I think I think that that last comment. Um, yeah, people like like Skeety, like Stefano Caselli, um, sort of David Marquez, like the like Ed McGinnis and um, like Matteo Lolly. All the like all of them. Yeah, they kind of have this sort of very uh, very like cartoony. Um, yeah, like I like the way that you said like almost video game. Like I think that's a good description of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Jess, what do you, what do you think? I, I really enjoyed like what this issue was, which is just setting up what Iron Man looks like now. Um, cause to me, that's really what the issue was. It was, it was Dan Slott coming in being like, Hey, this is my Iron Man. This is what I'm going to be doing here. And that's cool. That's great. Um, I'm eager to see what the actual stories, what the arts are going to look like. Like, what what is Tony doing, you know? Because um, I think this issue established a, a brand new voice. It it was a lot of fun. I like this Tony Stark. There is still, um, there's still a touch of that MCU Tony Stark there. But the fact that he is having such a good time making technology and bringing people in and using that technology, I think that's great. That That's what Iron Man should be in 2018, I think. That's exactly who he should be. Um, and I think this was a really well done first issue to get you interested in what it's going to be going forward. I'm just trying to think, like, what is the big picture here with this version of Iron Man? And I don't think the first issue really gives you um, a good taste of that, um, if that makes sense. I don't think it gives you a good idea of like what um, what Slot's big idea here is, um, and I want to find out what that is. So it got me in. Like I'm I'm gonna keep reading this. Like I want to know yeah. what happens next. Um, but I had a good time with it. I really did. I had a really good time with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know his his big picture is is Pickle Rick Iron Man. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, um, I think Jess, I think you, you kind of summed up, I guess, some of what my reaction to this, this was, I did have a lot of fun with this. I think there's a lot of, uh, Mm -hmm. good things about, about this first issue. I think you both, you said it like there, it is, it is really fun. Like this is a very, a very fun Tony Stark. Like he's very giddy. He's very excited about all this technology stuff. Um, like super optimistic. 
Um, and I think that's that's cool. I don't know. Like I, I like I sort of like, I guess, the Tony that like has like the temperament, of, like the little bit of like, yeah, I used to be an alcoholic and yada, yada, yada. Like to me, this is the like more optimistic version of like the ultimate Marvel kind of Tony Stark. Um, but but yeah, like I think and I think I think you're you're right, Jess, that like I'm not exactly 100 percent sure what Dan Slott's over, overarching goal with this whole thing is going to be. Like we have, we have so many different like viewpoint characters. Like we have that this new guy that 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 slot creates this um, this Andrew Andrew Bang or what I think that 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 might be right. This like sort of uh, um, older you know roboticsy guy that that Tony interacted with when he was a kid that Tony brings in now, and I think he's going to kind of be the viewpoint character going forward, and I think that's really cool. Um, you know, we have, uh, this, like Tony has this, the security, uh, manager, Bethany Cabe, and she's like a character that's appeared in other Iron Man books. And like, they've been like lovers in the past or whatever. Um, we have Jocasta, which I think is really, really interesting. And I'm surprised that, that she's in this book. Um, but I think that's going to be really interesting going forward. Like having this like Ultron adjacent character, um, Especially because like the the cover for issue four of this book has Tony and um, and Wasp and Janet Van Dyne on the cover. And apparently she's going to be a part of this and and they're going to like be doing it and stuff. Because um, I think like J- Jocasta's like her because Ultron's brain patterns are modeled after Hank Pym. I think Jocasta's are modeled after Janet. Um, Was she the Ultron in the first arc of Mighty Avengers? yes i think so she's like ultron's wife okay wife or ultron created her to be like his wife i think is right okay that might be a different Um, character then i remember but i remember what you're talking about i that might that might not be no that might be like ultron Ultron. i don't know let's go look that up okay um but i think i don't know like i think that's interesting and just like the way that slot writes her i think is cool as like a uh, challenging Tony to like be more like to be more ethical and just like being like the ethical mm-hmm. version, like a ethical person alongside alongside Tony Stark. Cause Lord knows Tony Stark needs somebody to tell him how to be, how to be ethical. Um, Cause that's like his whole character. Um, yeah. I'm just like, it's, it's, he gets like an all new supporting cast. And I think it's really, I think it's really interesting. I think it's going to be interesting. I'm, I kind of felt a little bit about this issue as I did about uh, like when we talked about uh, the new Avengers number one issue from a few, like uh, a few weeks ago where it was like, this could have been like a zero issue or like eight pages and have been like condensed and still have told the same story. Cause to me, like you said, Jess, this is a lot of introduction. Um, and like the next issue will be, okay, this is really what this is going to be about. But the introduction here was all really necessary, I thought. I think so, too, yeah. Like, I don't want it to sound like the introduction is a negative, because they had to do it. it. You have to do something like this when you are a new creative team taking over. You have to. You just have to. Yeah. And I think I think that... Go on, I don't, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm no, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Nick. Um, I... I I think that you have to, to an extent, I guess. Um, like I, I think that part of what I think this is going to be sort of Marvel specific. Like, I think part of what this fresh start is going to be 
definitely is like having all these new number ones and like these number one issues being like true introductions to these characters and these things for like people who have never um, read any of these books before. And I think you see that a little bit in in Thor and the new Thor number one, which we're going to talk about. And I imagine that that's what a little bit what Captain America number one is going to be like and what the amazing Spider-Man number one is going to be like. Um, but I just keep thinking like I, I compared this and the Avengers book to like the new justice league number one that Scott Snyder and Jim Chung launched. And none of that is, I mean like there's a lot of setup in that, but like that book hits the ground running in terms of like, this is what the mission of this book is. This is what this thing. Yeah. But be. that, that also had all four issues of no justice to lead into it. I, mm-hmm. yeah. And it, and it had metal. Um, but and, yeah, but Really, these I think these issues. Um, I, I don't even think that new like the Avengers number one and this number one should be compared because Avengers number one, well, and here I'm comparing them, <laughs> um, but um, I'm contrasting them actually. Uh, Avengers, it was more like they were searching for a reason for the team to be together, and in the end, it was just like, ah, eh, we're just putting them together. But this, it felt like it was, okay, here's this actual, actually new status quo that you haven't seen before. Here's uh, just these actual interesting things that we're going to be dealing with mm-hmm. in the future that you haven't seen before. And it happened to tell, like, it happened to introduce some things that had already been introduced in the past. Like, I, I felt like it did a good job of justifying the series' existence and what it was going to do going forward. Whereas Avengers truly was just not much. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I'm I I think I I compare them only because both of them really felt like if if you were a person who had never picked up a Marvel comic before, you could pick up Avengers, you could pick up this and you could keep going after that. Um because this feels like a like re reintroduction of all those characters. And that's what I meant by that. Yeah. Not necessarily that um that like this book doesn't justify why it's bringing all these characters together. Cause I think it absolutely does. And I think it, I think it definitely succeeds in that. Um, and I definitely think it succeeds in creating um, like these, diff- like this viewpoint character and like this lens for us to view Tony Stark through, who's this guy who's like really smart, but is not like, you know, multi-million dollar Iron Man smart or like multi-million dollar businessman, capitalist, whatever person. Um, and I think that's going to be cool. And I think there are a lot of a lot of continuity bits that Dan Slot drops in here that are going to be cool going forward. And I think it's I think this is going to be a good series going forward. Um, I just think it like if, if this this issue feels a little bit long to me and definitely like a a lot of introduction and less like less meat than maybe it could have had. I don't know. Yeah. See, I actually feel like the Avengers, the first Avengers issue was like not. I feel like this Iron Man issue gave me more of what I want in number one than the Avengers issue did. Like, the Avengers issue felt incomplete. This didn't feel incomplete to me. Like, there's a fight with Finn. There's a fight. There's there's Tony Stark doing stuff. There's there's introduction to what he's doing okay. at his, at his uh, buildings now. It's mm-hmm. like, it didn't feel incomplete. I felt like after I finished that first Avengers issue, I was like, okay, where's the rest of it? <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there was just something like a, a little bit of something about this that I was like, yeah, I like a lot of this, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not cool with all of it. 
something I did love uh, that like press conference at the end um, that outfit that Jocasta's wearing yeah it's good hell yeah um, that is all <laughs> I missed it what is it uh, the like uh, like suit thing that she has on like she's got you know like a blue blazer and like a yellow button down but like it's button it's only like it's only got like like three buttons buttoned um, <laughs> she's like okay I don't know. She just looks very fashionable, and I'm, I'm all here <laughs> for it. Um, just pulled it up. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I think this is going to be really cool going forward. Any any of the like sort of skepticism that I had about slot taking over, I think I I don't think I have it anymore. Um, so yeah. Any other any other thoughts? Nope. Nope. All right. Well, moving right along. Um, going to take a look at the new Thor number one that came out, I believe uh, last week uh, on June 13th uh, written by Jason Aaron. Uh, The present day story, the first uh, sequence of the issue illustrated by Mike Del Mundo. And then the future part of the issue. And excuse me, dear God. Um, and the second part, um, yeah, yeah, this is what happens when you, when you drink beer and record podcasts, um, note to, note to everybody out there. Um, second, the future oriented, really, what? I was just going to say it was really beautiful cause we got like the full bass. It's also the headphones I'm using. It was just perfect right into the mic. I can imagine some, 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 some dude on the treadmill listening to my voice and then all of a sudden I burp in his ear. And it's really gross, um, but at least I'm not there. So you know, um, that would be that would <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay, second future part um, of the issue illustrated by Christian Ward. Um, guys, I really like this. I like this a lot. Uh, oh, quick disclaimer: you guys know this already, but for listeners, I haven't read this. I haven't read any of Jason Aaron's Thor, so I'm just gonna sit back. Oh, that's right. I forgot that you were saving all of it um, or that you hadn't touched any of it. I feel like this is a good this is a good jumping on point. Yeah, yeah. It's going to take me a little bit to get used to it being him again. <laughs> oh, to it not being Jane? Yeah, it's, it, it's like I'm not done yet with Jane. Like, I feel like I'm not ready to move on yet. Like, I think that the, the concept here, the, the journey that he and Loki are about to go on, like, that's really good. I have no problem with the book. I'm just, like, mentally, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> and, like, it's like, Mike Del Mundo's one of my favorite artists, and, so, and Christian Ward is too. So it's like, wow, yeah. a beautiful book, but I'm just mentally not there yet. I'm still here with Jane, and I just want her to not have cancer anymore. <laughs> yes, yeah, I... I I thought the same thing. You're you're at the you know Dixie Chicks not ready to make nice. Level. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I do love. This is one of the things that I uh, that I I do love that Jane is still in this book. Yes. Because uh, uh, I think that we all kind of had the fear that she was gonna like die die, um, which I guess I shouldn't have because it's comics, and I think I still would have been okay if if she had actually died. Um, I am ready. You know, like. I think I think it's cool that she like still has a role in this book and that like that one shot that came out in May definitely kind of made it seem like she's going to have a role in this book going forward. And I like I like that. I think that that's cool. Um, so, yeah, like I'm, I'm glad that she's still around. But you're right. Like it is weird that 
this is Odin's son again. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, I'm not about to, like, be mad that he's back because Jane, like, Jason Aaron very much set out to tell the story with Jane, and I think he threw us off for a little bit of a swerve when he didn't kill her, because I had assumed that that was going to be the end game for her as Thor, that she mm-hmm. was going to die. And I wouldn't have been mad about that, because I feel like it had been sure. telegraphed from the beginning that this was not a permanent thing. This was a story about Jane that he had set out to tell, and it was really great, so it's fine, but... I just wasn't, I'm just not ready yet to accept comic book Odinson back into my life. <laughs> um, but I am also really glad she's in it, and, and I hope we get to see her a lot, and I hope we get to get closure on her battle, and I just, like, I want her to be okay. Yeah. I want her and Thor to keep being, like, best buddies, and, like, I love their relationship, and I just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the issue. It, it felt like... It felt like a number one, like it was introducing a lot of things to us, but it also oh, yeah. felt so natural as a continuation. And if I think about like a lot of the, because Jason Aaron has been writing Thor for a long time now, and he's written a lot of number ones. He's done this. His number ones have not been completely brand new from the ground up. It's been very much building off of what he's done. And then he drops in the context that you need and it's easy to follow. At least to me it is. But, but then again, I have been reading it. So it's like, I'd love to read some opinions Mm -hmm. from people who haven't been reading it and if they are easily invested in the story because i do think he does a good job of setting up something brand new for everybody to get into the store and look they're going on this adventure they're going on this journey to find all these things to do what they got to do fix the realms and i think that bounces off of and the way the relationship is in this issue i think bounces off of ragnarok in a really good way too oh yeah yeah I, I didn't think of that until like we had started. We until you until we brought up the issue. I was like, yeah, well, it kind of bounces off of having them go on this together and be kind of sniping at each other. Bounces off, bounces nicely off of what Ragnarok did with the two of them. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that until you just until you just said it. But that does make a lot of sense. That like, yeah, their relationship in this issue is is a lot like it was in in Thor Ragnarok. That like, yeah, they're bickering, but they're they're off to do the things together. Um, yeah, d- Jess, did you read? jason aaron's like stuff with with odin's son before he transitioned to writing jane like if you i did i did i i've been i'm i'm caught up on the whole thing okay okay because i i read i think i read the first arc of thor god of thunder um and i haven't read original sin uh but i read i read all the jane thor stuff um like you know starting with like the thor number mm-hmm. thor number one and then going, you know, going through the mighty Thor, um, and it's so like that always felt like a, you know, like that was a great jumping on point for that story. Yeah. And then like when it relaunched, it was a good jumping on point for that story. And then like, yeah, this feels like another good jumping on point for the story. I think this is like his like fifth or sixth. I think it is like his sixth one. Yeah. Thor book, Thor number one that he's written. I guess. Yeah. I guess that's if you count. I guess the Secret Wars um thor's book that he did because that kind of ties in or that tied in a little bit to the mighty thor um but yeah no i i thought that this was really really good i i was like a little bit skeptical i guess about mike del mundo's art on this book um only because i wasn't a huge fan of when he was doing avengers with mark wade um like i like i like mike del mundo's art i think it's weird and quirky and fun um i love his covers and i i love just like the weird batty stuff that he does i guess there haven't there hasn't been a lot of 
I guess like the only series that I can think of that he did the art was like with the, the weird, weird world book that he did. Um, and I really liked that. I guess that was a Jason Aaron too. Um, but like Avengers, I didn't like very much, but any, any of that that I had, I think within the first few pages, um, I was like, Nope, this is good. Uh, I think the, the page, the page that got me was the pages like as juggernauts come in and like, there's the thume, but like, it's like Thor's wearing the glasses, like, cause his eyes are in the, like the O's of the thume. Yeah. Um, after that, I was like, I'm yeah, sold. I think the, I think the thing with his style is he's much better suited for things that are not grounded. Like he can't do Avengers because I feel like if, if it's yeah. not an Avengers story yeah. set in space or some alternate dimension of some sort, I don't think it, it caters to his strengths. But I think doing a Thor story where he's got Loki and Thor and Thor's dog and and they're on a boat and they're going around the, the Nine Realms, I think that's perfect for him. I think that's exactly the kind of thing he, he needs to do. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I I absolutely agree. And I think that this is, this is going to be a lot of fun going forward. I'm excited about them going them going to, to hell frozen over um and and doing all that like i think that's going to be cool um i'm really really interested as to where all of this future stuff is going to come in i guess because i know that like the future stuff was prominent in thor god of thunder but it wasn't as prominent with all the jane stuff i felt like um so, so i'm curious where it's gonna go especially with that last page too uh, where we have like Phoenix Wolverine or whatever, um, so he'll he'll appear he'll appear in this book, but he won't he won't return in the in the X Men books. He won't he won't go to the wedding. He'll creep on the wedding, but he'll he'll be there at the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Um, yeah, I think it's like issue six of this book is just going to be future dedicated stuff, and we're going to see more of 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 all this. So. Yeah, I, I don't know how it's all going to connect, but I think I'm I'm along yeah, for the ride. Me too. I, I'm, I'm just Jason Aaron has been doing something so special for so many years, so it's I, I'm here for it. I'm I'm gonna stay. Yeah, yeah, and I think from that from that one shot, I got the sense the or the the Thor like the Gates of Valhalla, whatever it was called, um, that like the like he's going to be riding. Mm-hmm like the war of the realms and like, that's going to be like an event in and of itself or like a series in and of itself. And I'm excited about that. I think that's going to be cool. And I think that that makes it bigger and that makes sort of like, cause I guess that's going to be, I would imagine that would be like the, mm-hmm. the climax of, or like the finale of the run is like this huge war. It's like, I'm, I'm glad that that's getting sort of like the, the bigness that it deserves that it'll get. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Any other any other Thor Thor thoughts? I recently watched Ragnarok again, and it was really funny. It is very funny. It was a... It's still great. It's still great. I have I, I sometimes have a hard time mentally separating comic book Thor from Chris Hemsworth Thor because Chris Hemsworth Thor is hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like funny. Uh, like I like saw a bunch of posts about the first Thor movie and like Avengers, and then posts about Ragnarok um like they like he's like completely gotten past the whole like i talk like i'm from the middle ages and now he like talks like a regular american dude and says cool and stuff um but i guess it works or a british dude or whatever anyway um no yeah 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 it is hard to to separate them 
Um, cool. All right. Well, we got one last one last book to talk about uh, for this episode, and that is Amazing Spider-Man number eight hundred and one. This is the end of Dan Slott's Spider-Man run after one hundred and eighty issues of writing Spider-Man. Dan Slott calling it quits. Um, um, so yeah, so written by Slot and illustrated by Marcos Martin. Um, so Nick, what were your sort of, sort of beginning thoughts about, about this, uh, this issue? Uh, so quick background, only, uh, Dan Slot Spider-Man that I've read was a three issue arc where Peter becomes a member of the paparazzi and it was drawn by Marcos Martin also. And I think so. It might've been Javier Polito. I always get them confused. Um, they're friends, though. <laughs> they, they have really similar friends, styles. Though, they are, they are <laughs> friends. Um, anyway, but yeah, uh, so this issue, if I was, I was trying to read it kind of quickly so that I could get it done before the episode, and I think if I hadn't, it would have made me cry, which is always a good sign. Um, it just did everything that I want a superhero book to do about like what it what a hero means to people and what it means to I guess society um but mainly it's about the people and um the art I I love Marcos Martin he's so good um he's currently doing stuff with Brian K. Vaughn um yeah Barrier and he did Private Eye too yeah so yeah he's just I think one of the best artists working today he has like his style uh, it's more flat and cartoony, but it is so expressive. And I think he gets really great colorists to work with him. Um, it might even just be this one guy. Um, I forget his name. It's an unusual name. But um, yeah, it's it highlights the cartooniness Mon- by using... Vicente? What is Mon- it? Mon- Munza Vicente? Munza? Okay. M-U, I don't know. Okay. Munza Vicente. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, that guy, he colors uh, all of Martin's work, and it's uh, it uses a lot of sort of brighter colors, and I think that works super well to, yeah, to, like I was saying, highlight the more cartoony, flat nature of his drawings. But his drawings just have so much fluidity in, you know, the like the character acting and his layouts. Um, there were multiple points throughout the issue where um, it, it was clear that Dan Slott just gave him a splash page to work with. Um, and those pages were some of the best pages in the book. They were all just beautiful. Um, yeah, he really knows how to work with layouts and do everything. I loved everything about this issue. <laughs> uh, what about you, Jess? I really like this. I really did. And, because, like, I do think that in big superhero stories that, that Marvel and DC like tell, we kind of forget that there are actually people that are impacted by what they do. And I think with a character like Spider-Man, who made his name as a hero off of just being your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, I think we forget that he still does that all these years later. Like, he still does stop muggers, and and he does, like, stop robberies and things like that. Like, he still does that. And 
Um, you don't get that with a lot of with a lot of other heroes. You don't get that with a Captain America. You don't get that with Superman or or Wonder Woman. You don't get that with them. But with Spider Man, you do. And I think that that's what's always helped make him such a, a favorite of people because he does feel like just a guy who ended up in a really crazy situation who now has power and has done something great with it. And to frame the story from the perspective of somebody who was helped by him and basically is alive because of him. I, I, I love that. I, I, I love that so much. And cause Peter Parker doesn't even realize he helps so many people. He gets into so many things that he doesn't realize, I think what he actually does. And I think this issue is great at highlighting just that it's, it's so good. It's so emotional, but it's so nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think I thought this was really <clears throat> interesting. Um, just like the, the contrast between this and between, um, uh, between Amazing Spider-Man 800, which was the like big bombastic sort of like big ass all the fights, and the end of you know the end of um, the go down swinging arc and all that stuff, uh, and like this is very much sort of like like a quiet epilogue. Like this is this is who Dan Slott thinks Spider-Man is and who Spider-Man should be, and I love. I love that aspect of it. Like, I love just like the contrast between um, like the, the big, big bombastic blockbuster superhero epics and the like quiet. This is, this is what Spider-Man is about. Spider-Man's about saving the, like the little people and just like being the caring about everyone and trying not to let anybody die. Um, and I think like the most, the most beautiful part of what um, this guy who, is thanking Spider-Man for um, like for saving his life, like forever ago. Like when he, when he says like, it's not that, you know, like Spider-Man like saved his life. Cause there was a guy robbing the store is that he got him to quit smoking. Um, like, I think like that, not that, not that like I'm like morally against smoking or anything, but just that, like that, that was the, like that Spider-Man caused like something that was like actually life-changing in this person's life outside of like just saving them from like a mugger of like the, this, this thing happened to them. And then like they spent the rest of their life acting in a way as to, um, as to just uh, like that, that goodness that was imparted to them to like, to, to do that and to be that and like to embody that and to embody those things that, that Spider-Man, that Spider-Man is in and does and i just i think that's i think that's cool that like that's the thing that this character i uh, says this is what you did for me um and yeah yeah i think this is i think this is a really fun issue i think it's a i think it's a really great coda i think i think for all the people that were talking about all the questions that dan slot doesn't answer in 800 um they might be disappointed in this, but screw those people because this is this is beautiful. Yeah. And see, I think again, like I think he did something in his final issue that he did in his first issue of Iron Man. He he closed the book on what he was trying to do with Spider Man by defining what Spider Man is to him. And I think he sort of did that with Iron Man one too. That he his first issue of Iron Man, he's establishing what the character is to him. Um, and I think that's great. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, I definitely think that, um, that's, that. Yeah, that's absolutely what he does here. That this is like, this is, 
Dan Slott's coda of like, this is who Peter Parker and this is who Spider-Man is. Not necessarily Peter Parker. This is who Spider-Man is to me because Peter Parker's not in this issue at all. Um, and I love that. And I think it's really cool. Like, yeah, just how contrasted this is from sort of the big bombastic stories that Slott's been telling as he's been getting to the end of this sort of 10 year thing. Um, I also really love, and I just, I love this when, when anybody has like a long run on a character that they're finishing up, um, like the letters that everybody writes in the back of issues. I don't know if either of y'all read mm-hmm. the, yeah. Um, yeah. I teared up a little bit. Uh, just, just reading, reading that. Cause I think, um, I just think that's cool. Like, I just think it's cool when, when you've, when you've been creating something for so long and you, you get to reflect back on it. Like I read, I've been trying to catch up on all my like back issues that I've, that I've had. And I finally read Jessica Jones, 18, and like read Bendis's long letter at the end of that. Um, and talking about, about Jessica and like what, and like alias and like what all that meant to him. And like, I just, I just love that about, about comics. I don't know, just that part of it. So yeah, uh, y'all got any, mm-hmm. Nick? You got any more thoughts on on Spider Man? Um, it makes me want to go back and read the other slot and Marcos Martin issues, um, and if I like those enough, maybe more slot stuff. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's it's all it's all there now. It's done. 180 issues. Mm-hmm. You could <laughs> could knock it out in a weekend or something. But God, no, <laughs> it's like three months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Um, well, folks, that's that's the end of uh, that's the end of our show for this month. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back in we'll be back every every fourth Friday of every month, and we'll kind of have a few fun episodes here and there. I'm thinking we'll might have an episode up in a couple weeks uh, when Ant Man and the Wasp comes out in theaters to talk about that a little bit. Um, but we'll let you know uh jess nick thanks both for being on here where can people find you on the larger interwebs um you can find me writing at multiversity comics and geeked out nation and you can find me on twitter at JessCamNJ. and you can find me also at multiversity um currently writing reviews of avatar the last airbender season nice. two and uh i'm also on twitter at n palmary writes nice nice you can find me at multiversity comics writing about newsy things um unfortunately i will be back in the fall (laughs) writing about lucifer or whenever the fuck that show comes out because fucking netflix brought it back (laughs) you bastards um sorry if that makes anybody mad but i was happy that it ended anyway you can also find me on twitter at kb gregory 13 um and yeah uh well thank you folks for uh just for sticking with us as we had a bit of an unusual schedule for the last few months but will return to a form of regularity and we'll see you uh in july bye bye